Welcome to episode 56 of That's What I'm Saying, the podcast about hip-hop, entertainment, dating, sex, relationships, and social issues from a sometimes ratchet but mostly woke perspective. So, subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast. We're in iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, Cast, Podtune, and of course, family, we are now on Spotify. So, follow us on our Instagram, it's TwizPod. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook. So, I'm Sean. I'm Nye. What's up, y'all? Hey, Nye. So what are we calling this episode? So this episode is called FTB. And we're going to get into it. It's it's Fuck the Bitch. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Okay. All right. So, but first, we got to get into a little ratchet minute. This this, this is light ratchet. So what you got? So this is like a light ratchet. It's more like like, uh, like news. So um, a couple of our, 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 um, our favorite people are expecting babies. Um, City girl, young Miami. She's pregnant with her second child. Yay! Um, that's she, work. The twerk worked. Yeah, the twerk worked. She released this information on um, a documentary on the City Girls, oh, and really? I'm like, wow, they got a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. Where'd you see it at? Um, I just saw a little clip of it. It was, I think, she posted on her IG. Oh, okay. I just saw a little clip, but I'm like. I too want a documentary <laughs> on myself. <laughs> I too want that for myself. <laughs> I got a docudrama. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, so congratulations to her. Um, she yes. hasn't released the identity of the father. So um, she says he's not in the industry. He's, you know, somebody that nobody pretty, you know, knows. From Miami. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's from Miami. Mm-hmm. From Overtown. Miami. Miami. <laughs> All right, and then we also have some news from Cassie. Yes, pregnant with a baby girl by her. I am just so happy about this. Yeah, finally, finally. Did you see the post that the trainer boyfriend? Um, I guess he posted on IG. Did you read it? I didn't. Mm -mm. Oh, you got to see it. He's talking to his future child and his wife, and he's making it's it's a beautiful poem. Like, girl, you 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 got to see it because he's Mm -hmm. just saying how much he loves her, and um, you know, because I didn't know that she was pregnant, so I'm like, well, what's he talking about? His uh, he promised to be the best baby daddy possible, something like that. But that's very sweet. Yeah, but congrats to her. She um, she's having a baby. She's in love. So this is just proof that you have to go after what you want. If, Thank if you. that current situation ain't, ain't meeting your needs, move on and get Thank what you, you want. So congratulations to Cassie and to young yeah. Miami. Very <laughs> much so. She did leave that Diddy life behind though. I don't, I don't she know. Did, but she left it with some love and support. Oh, okay. All right. Good for her. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if circumstances will be the same over here, but okay. <laughs> All right. So moving on to our other favorite girl, Wendy Williams. Yeah. Out here dipping it and doing it in these summer streets. Mm-hmm. Um, so she has a new boo. Um, mm-hmm. His name is Mark Tomlin. He's a 27-year-old. And here comes the shade. Convicted mm-hmm. felon. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I look at his picture. He, he's handsome. He looks like her son. Like, he... He does. He does. Next to each other. He looks like her son. He could be mm-hmm. her spawn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they were seen out in L.A. And they actually met through her new best friend, Black China. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So page six came through with the shade of it all and ran down his whole record. 
So he was convicted of, and I hate, I don't even know if I should even report this, but I am. So he was convicted of, the re, The only reason why I'm doing this is because this happened in 2013 and 12. Like, you're too old to be doing this. But anyway, that's pretty recent. But anyway, he was convicted of robbery of a uh, with a dangerous weapon in 2013 in North Carolina. Shit. Um, he How, was, at CIAA? <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> Run up, get done up. <laughs> Um, they also confirmed that he was convicted of felony breaking and entering in 2013. And these incidents mm. happened within a few weeks of each other with another robbery happening in August 21st of 2012. Shit. Um, so, and then another one, August 10th of that year. Jesus Christ, this nigga was busy. He was on a roll. <laughs> He's on a robbery roll. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> this thing I got a LinkedIn. According to his LinkedIn page, he works in finance. So of course, he's taking no money and making it his money. <laughs> that is finance. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, All right. So, I'm so they happy asked, for her, um, though. Honestly, I'm happy for her. Like, yeah. it's her life. So she her told life. TMZ that she's well aware of his record and she's not going to stop seeing him. She mm. says, I am a 54-year-old grown-ass woman. I know what I'm doing. Okay. So basically, bending you over backwards. That's what I'm saying. Kevin was not bending her over, so she even got somebody with a strong back. Thank you, because we done heard <laughs> the rumors about Kevin. He wasn't bending. Mm, let's, let's move away. Let's move away from that. <laughs> Cong congratulations, Wendy. Congratulations, girl. She is getting digged down properly by a nigga that's been in jail. You know how that goes. Like, <laughs> you know how that goes. <laughs> Dig down properly. <laughs> I love it. I'm very happy for her. Yeah, congratu congratulations, Wendy. You know, have fun. This is a, this is summertime. Do it, girl. Thank you. Cover season is over. Get out here and get your life. For real. Okay. Good. Good for her. Good for her. All, All right. right. Did we get hit? Mm, we didn't got here real fast. I'm, I'm need us to have an extra uh, ratchet minute or something. We are now at the woke minute. All right, deep breath, deep breath yeah. in, deep breath out. All right. So this, um, I wanted to discuss the. Um, I had an opportunity to view when they see us, uh, the film by Ava DuVernay, um, which was also executive produced by Robert De Niro and Oprah Winfrey and uh, was on Netflix. And it tells the story of the five black boys, Raymond Santana, Kevin Richardson, Antron McRae, Youssef Salam, and Corey Wise, who were all falsely arrested and convicted of raping a 28-year-old white woman um, in Central Park some, uh, some years ago. So she was actually attacked by a serial rapist named Matias Reyes, but of course that wouldn't have been proven until years later. So um, these kids, these black boys, they all maintained their innocence and they were actually coerced into confessing um, to the crime. So uh, the DNA found at the scene did not match any of theirs. And even the um, the victim, uh, she testified at trial and she basically said, you know, she didn't remember who attacked her. She was I identified as the Central Park jogger. Um, the boys came to be known as the Central Park Five, and they were all given sentences of between seven and 13 years in prison for the attack. So, you know, I remember this case growing up. I was living in New York at the time. And, you know, I could tell you that six o'clock news every day 
was a story on these kids. You see these young black boys um, giving confessions because they actually had the, I remember they had the footage of the, um, the interrogation. And they used to, when there was the trial going on, they used to blur out the face of the Central Park jogger um, who, you know, she seemed like she was in a lot of pain. You know, she'd been beaten really bad. Um, but she said, you know, she couldn't remember who it was. And I just, I remember the news making a story of, um, you know, talking about these kids like they were wilding. That was the term that they used and that they were a wolf pack. So I remember distinctly these kids being likened to wolves on TV. I remember Donald Trump, um, you know, who at the time I was always on TV. and. Um, you know, he was advocating for bringing back the death penalty because of this case. So, you know, it was a very highly publicized, very sensationalized case. Um, the five boys were actually, which by that time they were men, they were all exonerated by 2002. All charges were withdrawn um, and all charges against the boys and the convictions were vacated because um, Mateus Reyes, who was already serving a life sentence for killing a woman, actually confessed. So this was not the work of uh, the police department or investigators. This was, you know, actually a confession that came because this man uh, found God and and wanted to at least right some of the wrong that he had committed. So did you have a chance to see this? Yeah. So um, I watched it last week and, you know, I had to mentally prepare myself for it. You yes. know, all up and down the socials, people were, you know, either people were saying they had seen it and they couldn't finish it or they had to watch it in, in parts or they were just kind of needed to prepare themselves for it. So I know I wanted to see it. Um, so what I did was I, I set the mood in my place. <laughs> like I, I watched it yes. during the daytime. I opened while it was bright and sunny outside. I opened all the curtains. So it was nice. And I made this the happiest place I could make it right before I put this on because I knew it was going to be so, so heavy. And, and, and of course it was, um, I think out of the four, um, parts, the first episode and the fourth one were just, I, you know, I was in here just crying like, you know, somebody died. It was just so heartbreaking, especially, you know, watching the beginning where, you know, um, America as a whole looks at white America, non-black mm -hmm. America, looks at black children as adults, as animals, as um, maniacs, you know, in the making. And so, you know, and I remember this case when I was younger. I lived in Virginia, but I remember watching it on the news and I remember my aunt asking me, well, what is wilding? I was like, you know, mm -hmm. I guess it's wilding. I don't know. But um, I remember watching them and I and, and even as a kid, I'm looking at them, you know, um, the footage. I'm like, these look like my friends. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like? We were yeah. almost pretty much the same age, maybe a little bit older than me. But I'm like, these look like boys I go to school with. And when America looks at black boys, they see animals, you know, in the making. So, um, and that's what the prosecutors tried to, to make them out to be. And yeah. really as I'm watching this, 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 the, you know, the, the film, I'm like, these were, and as an adult, I'm looking at these kids as these were babies. These were absolute babies. And there was one character that was played by Michael K. Williams. And he said, you know, my son doesn't even talk to girls. Yeah. He's not interested in girls right now. So he could not have done this. You know, and it's it's just unfortunate and it's sad and it happens all over America. This has been happening for centuries, for decades, um, where black people are railroaded and um and forced to you know to 
yep. admit to crimes that they haven't committed. This is not the first case, and I'm, you know, it's, it wasn't the last one because um, I actually had a client in, you know, real estate in New York, and one of my clients, um, I'm not going to say his name, but you know, he spent 30 years in jail for rape and murder that he did not commit, and so he right. went in as, you know, almost 30 year old man, and he he comes out in his, you know, 60s. He's lost, you know, mm. his whole adult life. He's lost the, the chance to have kids, to have a family, to have a wife, to travel. Like he has, you know, they awarded him a settlement. And, you know, I, I believe, you know, he's grateful for it, but he's like, you know, this is not, doesn't take, a, you know, this doesn't make up for the time that I spent in jail. Right. It took away his yeah. life. And it took away these kids' innocence. And, and, and luckily they were able to, move forward to life and be successful, productive adults. Um, but the most heartbreaking story was, was the last episode, which was Corey Wise, which was brilliantly played by Jerome. He's an excellent, he was also in Moonlight. He's an amazing actor. And he was the only actor that played his character, Corey, Corey Wise, as a- All the way through. And as an adult. And when I tell you he embodied this character, he just, there, there's an- um, Oprah, I, I haven't finished watching this, but Oprah in mm -hmm. the cast um, of the um, of the series, and you know, talking to Cor to not Corey to Jarrell, you know, he said he had he went through a speech coach. Um, he he spent time with Corey, and he just really embodied him. And you know, watching his story and watching everything he went through was just so heartbreaking because out of all the kids, he wasn't even in the park. He never even went. He just yeah. He just went down to the precinct to be a support system for his friend, Youssef, you know, and, yeah, yeah. and out of all of, you know, he spent the longest time in jail. He was, all the other kids were 15 when this happened. So they were, when they were convicted and um, found guilty, they went to juvenile uh, detention or juvenile jail. He was 16. So they sent a 16 year old baby boy to write an adult. And just, I can't, and I, and I know the, the little hour, that they had to, to focus on him. And, you know, you couldn't even in, encompass everything he went through, but he was brutalized in jail, you know? And it's, it's just, it's fortunate that he's come out on the other end and he has a positive outlook and he's able to be a positive, you know, um, influence in the community. But his story is so heartbreaking. It's absolutely, it's yeah. I, I, you know, I was, as you were saying, I mean, it was it was very hard to watch, and I had to get myself in a mindset. And I actually watched it with my son, who's 11 years old, and I felt it was so important to to view it with him. And you know, we watched it all the way through. Um, one of the things that reminded me reminded me of I had read something probably on Instagram or social media, but it it asked a question to to all of us if. If between a spider and a butterfly, which one would you kill? Which one would you see as a threat? And which one would you set, set free? And, you know, of course, the answer is always you would set free the butterfly and you'd go after killing the spider because we have this preconceived notion that spiders are dangerous, that they're out to get us. Even though it's this, you know, harmless insect or whatever, you know, we we look at it and we view it as as evil. And, and that is how he likened it to how America sees black boys, black men. Um, you know, we we view them as a threat, whether it's the baggy pants, it's the t-shirts, it's, 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 you know, the way they look, they're standing outside, we view them as a threat. Um, and we, and he even went so far as to say, as even we as black people, we do 
our black men and our black boys a disservice because when we try to assimilate, when we try mm -hmm. um, to erase, you know, what is inevitably it's a part of us, you know, whether mm -hmm. it's the way that we talk, the way that, we, you know, the way that we walk, the way that we look, the things that we like that, you know, it's we do them a disservice mm -hmm. when we try to separate, you know, and that and it, it, it also reminds me of. Um, What's the uh, comedian Chris Rock? And he gave this whole thing, and you know, you kind of understand. He says, you know, I love, I love black people, but I hate niggas. And you know, I, it's that's that's not my sentiment yeah. at, at it's all. Very classic classes and, and separatists, and, and and it makes a, a them and they like these are the good black people. And but this that's what it people. does. It 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 further, um, you know, it 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 alienates us from our own, and it call you know just. We already got these, you know, I'm not, I don't want to say these white people, but you understand what I'm saying. We already have, they but already have an idea about us, but yeah, but, but separating us out. So I just want, you know, I'm, I'm looking at that in terms of, you know, spiders and a butterfly and, mm -hmm. and, and we, um, you know, I, I can't even get the words out because it was, it's so much to say. And it's, you know, I'm looking at this first episode and you, you know, as a, you know, as a, uh, former attorney and I'm, I'm practicing these courts and you could see it, you know, especially in the in the criminal justice system when between the police and the investigators and the prosecutors, you know, how they will take a story and then they'll work backwards in order in order to make the story fit um, whatever they want to fit. I've seen that happen to black men, black boys in the criminal justice system. You know, I've seen it and I and you know just watching the police officers berate and bully these boys into admitting to a crime that they didn't even do. Mm -hmm. And you know the the investigative tactics which is, you know, you wear someone down. It's the same thing as uh you know when the colonizers you take a buck, you know, you take a slave and you break them down and you give them another name. It's the same thing that happens in an in an interrogation room where they, the police officers will tag team, they'll threaten, they make these false promises and they, they're getting a story out of these babies. You know, I'm looking at their faces and I'm like, they were babies. As, mm -hmm. as you were saying, you know, we were, you know, maybe a couple of years younger than them, but they were than them, but they were, they were little kids, you know, and, and being told, Hey, you, you, you cop to this and you get to go home, which was, which was a lie. Um, yeah. Which, you know, which makes that the whole scene with that, um, that Michael K. Williams, the the uh, yes. the, the character he played, just the father, as it a infuriated father. me that you know he for whatever reason he told his son to just say what the cops wanted to say. And if you just logically think through that, if I tell these cops I raped this woman, do you think you're going home? Mm. It was hard to watch, but at the same and I at the same time I empathize with where he was coming from because at that point his circumstances was he had obviously spent some time in jail. He had um, been given a chance with uh, a job and he was threatened. I'm not saying it's right, but you know, there's a different world for black people than it is for white people. Then there's a different world for black men who have been in the criminal justice system than it is for everyone else. So I think he was coming from that perspective of, you know, they'll, and he said, it. he said, you know, they'll kill us. They'll kill us. That just, you know, like, what do you do when you, when you're between a rock and a hard place? And that inevitably, you know, that father was so emasculated because he could not defend his son. And that, I think that's what it showed. You, you, as much as he wanted to, he could not protect his son. 
you know? Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I think I see your point. I, I'm listening to your point, but again, I'm just, I just, no, it's hard for me to. I, I just, I just, it was hard for me to watch him pretty much just kind of feed his 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 son to, and you know who who knows you know whatever was going through his head, whatever he was trying to protect for himself or whatever. But it was just really hard to watch him basically kind of feed his 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 son to the system. But um, and I but I think as as the the, uh, the series went on, I think he really um, you know, I think it really. It, it took a, it took a toll on his health. I think you know, and towards oh, yeah. and he had a lot of health issues, and so I'm pretty sure he battled with that for you know since in, until he died. A broken you know? man, yeah, yeah. A, bro a broken man. Um, the prosecutor Linda Fairstein, who I, I think was brilliantly played by Felicity Huffman. Yeah. Where, you know, like oh mm -hmm. how the tables have turned because right. she herself is uh, under scrutiny for taking advantage <laughs> of the system. So how? Um, how ingenious was it to have her in this role? But, you know, she, I think, just embodied what I have seen in the courtrooms, what I know to happen, what we have seen, you know, the outcome of just someone who, you know, there's there's a fine line with being a zealous advocate for your client and, you know, deciding early on that, um, you know, someone is guilty for something when you have no evidence. And I think, you know, that's what she just went so hard and that, you know, and it's using her own bigotry, her own racist thoughts, you know, kind of, I, I, I just, I, I really like the way the role was played because on the one hand you're seeing her, you know, she's this righteous crusader for, you know, justice for this victim. But on the other hand, you know, she's got some, some racist thoughts, mm -hmm. um, that that's fueling, um, her moving forward with this case. And, you know, like you see how she took pieces here and there and, you know, pieces of a, of a puzzle, which is basically circumstantial mm -hmm. and put these kids in, um, as perpetrators when really they were just in the park while, right. you know, playing around and doing what kids do at that age. And, mm -hmm. you know, just taking that story and putting it together and making it fit and presenting it to a jury is, it's so incredulous and it's so crazy, but it happens. And I, I've seen it so much, you know, and then, you know, look at the disproportionate arrest of, of our people in the U.S., you know, and uh, problems we've had in the past and, you know, our history on it. And this happens, you know, this is not like, you know, an, an anomalous story. This is this is this is a story that happens over and over again. And this one just happened to be, you know, there was a media circus around and it was publicized. But what about the 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 millions that we don't hear about? Exactly. You know? Yeah. And are wasting away in jail. You know, I'm I I think of Khalif Browder, you know, um, you know, 16 years old in jail for over 400 days mm -hmm. and never been never bought to try over a book bag, over a book bag. Allegedly. Allegedly, he stole a book bag. Never Allegedly, that he stole his book bag, and even if he did steal his book bag, was it was was the, the crime fit the punishment? Yeah, and it, you it, know, you know, and the sadness of you know, I think of all of the broken lives. You know, in in the end, these five black men were um, given a settlement. I know they, I think they were got you know were granted forty one million dollars, and then they're going back uh, to New York. Um, for I think another 50 million. So, you know, does money compensate for what was lost, which is, you know, their youth, their youth. Um, um, I was watching an interview with one of them. I can't remember if it was Salam or was the other, but he just said, you know, he's so broken. He needs help. 
you know, he said, you know, I've, I, I have so much anger. I have, I'm, I'm a broken person because of this. Mm-hmm. And, and that just, that hurts my heart so much. Um, yeah. because it's, it's something that they can never get back. Mm-hmm. You know, you can become a multimillionaire and I'm sure, but money is, money is not everything. And you know, that, that peace, um, when that innocence was lost is just, you know, is it immeasurable? It really is. Yep. Absolutely. So, so the title of this episode was called fuck that bitch and mm. it was dedicated to Linda Fairstein. She was, um, who you said she was played by Felicity Huffman. Um, she, at the time she was head of the Manhattan district attorney sex crime unit. Um, so since then she's been dropped from her publisher um, she's yes. actually um, resigned from the board of trustees from Vassar. She wrote like what, like five, like five or six books. Yeah, after um, this, crime books. And actually, she, um, the criminal intent, um, SVU. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, um, Law and Order SVU is based off of her stories. Um, she was actually on the board for several different um, charities that were uh, founded by Mariska Hardigay, who is on SVU. Um, and her charities help survivors of sexual assault and domestic violence and child abuse. So she um, has stepped down from that. Um, she she actually, just this week, she wrote an article for the Wall Street Journal saying that the documentary depicted her as an overzealous prosecutor and a bigot and everything in this uh, documentary was false. Bitch. Just, she's, she's doubling down. She's still not admitting what she did. Mm-hmm. You know, so then on top of that, so we should say fuck these bitches because um elizabeth letterer i forget who she was played by um but she was the uh this yes. is short tight curly hair yeah uh, she and was, she was played by, I, I actually like that actress but i can't think of her name and yeah i can't think of her name in either. the conjuring she's in the conjuring um so she actually resigned as a part-time columbia law student um professor maybe yesterday or the day before yesterday after following uh the black law students uh, association protest so they forced her to resign from her her post you know as a professor at columbia law so we need to keep this shit rolling because mm-hmm. um fuck them bitches thank you thank you yep so, <sighs> okay yep. so, you know and it you know i i haven't finished watching this um the the interview with um oprah and, and the cast of ava duvernay but she did, Ava DuVernay did say, you know, we need to move from calling these, these guys the Central Park Five and, and yes. them, you know, the Exonerated Five, or just calling them by their name, Raymond Santana, Antron McRae, um, Kevin Richardson, Yusuf Salam, Corey Wise. These are fully formed human beings. Thank you. They're human. They're human beings. So. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, Definitely something that that needs to be watched and and talked about and addressed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, moving on. All right. Where where are we? I know where we at. <laughs> <laughs> where we at? Where we at? <laughs> we are at the weekend D report. And it's Finally. All weekend. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so this. Of our. Uh, male listeners, we get a we get a lot of uh, relationship 
questions for my male listeners. But, you know, we absolutely love it. Keep it coming. So um, I'm going to try to paraphrase this one and let's see. Let's see what I can do. All right. So he says, um, I've been with my girlfriend for about two years. Everything was great. And then it just kind of went downhill. We used to have sex regularly and it stopped out of nowhere. She makes every excuse not to have sex. It started out of the blue. We maybe had sex six times the past four months. I tried to spice things up, brought her out of town for a weekend getaway. She didn't want to do anything. Doesn't appreciate stuff I do for her and she acts like she doesn't care or want to try new things. She's always on the phone like I'm not even there. She's been talking about this guy she works with a lot. She randomly brings his name up out of the blue. She's been going out with friends more. She lied about where she was the other night. She told me she was going to pick up food and she'll call me back and she never did. She asks what she... Um, when I asked her where she was, she said she went out to the bars, I asked her, was she with her two best friends? She said no, but she wouldn't tell me who she was with. I asked her and she changed the subject twice. I know I caught her in a lie. She started going to the gym. She bought a new car and she's all, she always happy. Um, she pretty much only comes to my house on the day she works. Cause I give her a ride and it's on her way to work. And then, then I drive her home. She's been acting distant, ignores my calls. She never calls me back. I'm going out of town for work for a week. She came to my house last for five minutes, said bye. And then she left. When she texts me, all she say is, I love you over and over again. I tried to ask her if she was okay. And she said she was fine. I don't want to accuse her of cheating, but I have a strong feeling. I never been jealous or paranoid. Her actions cause a lot of red flags. She guard her phone like it's Fort Knox. I walk by her to give her a kiss when she on the phone and she got her hand. <laughs> wait, when she's on the phone, she got her hand on the phone. She locks her phone real fast like she hiding something. This is a sexless relationship. It sucks. I talk to her about it and she makes excuses. I just feel so lost. Don't know how to bring up the conversation without saying she a cheater, even though my gut is telling me she is. Mm. Nye? <laughs> well... I want to say this. So outside of, let's take the cheating part out. Say she wasn't cheating. Mm -hmm. Would you still be satisfied with the treatment that she's giving you now? And it sounds to okay. me as if that emotionally she's gone, regardless of whether y'all having sex every day or not having sex at all. It seems as if she's mentally checked out of this relationship for whatever reason. And if these behaviors that she, that she's exhibiting to you in this treatment, if you don't like it and she's not willing to address it and she's not, um, acknowledging your feelings, then you have to re, uh, you know, reassess wh where you're going with this relationship and if you want to stay um, and endure this treatment. I think sometimes when we get to uh, certain points in relationships, we kind of want to see like hard evidence of something happen. Like you may want to, you know, you might mm -hmm. think you want to walk in on her having sex with somebody or catch her in the act. No, you don't. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You really don't want to do that. You know, I think right. no, you don't. traumatizing. You know what I'm saying? So I think you should look at all the clues outside of, you know, is she physically having sex with someone? But just look at all the other behaviors that she's exhibiting and, and say to yourself, is this satisfying to me? And if it's not, then I think you should, you know, reevaluate what you're doing in this relationship and make some decisions. Yeah, I, and I, I totally agree with you. I think, you know, first of all, it's really hard to love someone who don't love you back. And that I think is, you know, this, what this is all about. Um, and like you said, I agree. Take out the, the cheating part of it. It's just the actions and the way that um, she's treating you, brother. Like that's not, 
what that's not really what you want and it's like you said he's he said it's it's changed over time so she's obviously got something else going on something that is um distracting her i mean that's that's evident and i think you know she's not being a woman about it and speaking up about what's really going on um and she's stringing him along and like you said now i agree you a lot of times when when we're in these situations we want some hard concrete evidence before I you know before I start clapping back and walking out the door you know we want the the brick to fall on our head before we can realize you know the 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 building is crumbling when he said you know his intuition is telling him she's giving you or your intuition is giving you all the clues that you need and sometimes you know it's it's sometimes we when we don't listen to those clues you know they just get they just get more real and more and more hard. And, um, you know, then you, you get punched in your face instead of being caressed on the side of your cheek. And that's what is going on. It's, it's very obvious, at least to me. And I don't know, sis, I don't, you know, I don't know, but you can, you can kind of feel where she's going with this. She's somewhere else with it. Mm -hmm. Um, and whether or not she's with a third party or someone else, she's not engaged with you, bro. And that's that's what this issue is. So, you know, maybe y'all can have a heart to heart conversation, but I don't think you're going to hear anything that you don't already know in your heart of hearts. Um, There's nothing really that she's going to say that's going to be this epiphany about what's really going on. That's 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 how I feel about it. So um, I think you need to cut your losses. I mean, they've been dating for about two years, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's that's a lot of time to invest into someone. But then you got to figure out, you know. You want to do another two years or another, you right. know, couple years of of this because mm-hmm. this is not what you want. This ain't what you want. This ain't what you want. <laughs> For real. <laughs> so you know you gotta you gotta move that along. And you know I, I I when you talk about you know men cheating and women cheating, you know I think women do it differently. You know I mean she's not going to. She's, I don't think she's going to leave too many clues. I think more of it's his intuition is telling him this is what's going on. But, you know, she's probably not too, she's not sloppy with it. Right. Um, but I, And at this point, I think, you know, people say that women are a little bit more sly when they are cheating. You you won't know. But it seems to me like she's just at a point where she doesn't care. She don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? She doesn't that, That's what care. I'm getting. She don't, she doesn't care. And that's, the communication is, is, is breaking down. It's, mm-hmm. it's not there. Um, and she's just not, you know, to me, like women enough, like just yeah, tell, just say, say the words, just, mm-hmm. just tell them. Yeah, um, you're not feeling the relationship anymore. And you, know, you know, all of this. Yeah, exactly. Cause that, and then, you know, the no sex thing, I mean, that to me, that's an indication that mm-hmm. she's got somebody else on the side. Cause you know, you sometimes, sometimes you have this feeling like, you know, if, if you are sexually active with partner a you don't want to be over here with partner b doing the same thing i just sometimes i just you know sometimes sometimes you feel that way like oh i'm I'm a dirty girl so Mm -hmm. you know i think for her psychologically is she's probably getting it somewhere else and And she doesn't like double dip yeah, and that's that. It's that guilt feeling of man, I'm over but also, here. But also, kind of respect that too, because she's not, you know, sucking some nigga's dick and then coming coming home to you. You know, what right? I mean? So <laughs> look at this the bright like, side at the end of this tunnel. <laughs> look at the bright side of this, man. <laughs> she's trying to save you, right? <laughs> oh man, but 
Oh, yeah. I, you know, and, and I, I feel for him because he's really expressing, I mean, you know, brother, I'm listening and I, and I feel your pain because you're really expressing, you know, you're paying attention. You seem like you're being attentive and you want things to be better and you want things to change. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, some, some brothers are just out there. Okay. Well, you know, she's out here doing X. I'm out here doing Y. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, it, it, it's going to forever be broken, but it, you know, at least he's trying to at least communicate something or he's, he's actually, you know, noticing what's going on. I'm just, who I feel bad. Cause yeah. she's gone. She's, she's, she's been out. She's been gone. She's been checked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think you should cut your losses and you seem like a really good guy, a really, um, you know, a guy that's really in tune to his emotions and, yeah. um, and how his partner is feeling and all that good stuff. So, you know, there's a lot of women out here that um, want that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, go go where you want it. He made me laugh when he said she she always happy. Dick will do that to you. Yep. God. Sorry. It's true. Yep. I I mean, she got a new car, new you. Oh yeah. 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 Just you know. Get yourself out of the position of being used because this, yeah, this to no, me is, is where it's going. She's probably using you because she got a new car. She didn't really need you to take her anywhere. Mm-hmm. She got this newfound independence. Yeah. 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 All right. All well, right. I hope we gave you some good advice. Thank you for the for the for the question. I'm I'm hoping we 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 did you right. Yeah, I think we did. <laughs> Maybe some okay. advice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Moving along. All right. Where we at? I read Menes. I read Menes. Yes. <laughs> so this week is my reminisce. And I actually chose um, this song for a couple different reasons. I chose Wu Tang on uh, The Mystery of Chess Boxing, which came out in 1993. And I actually chose it. I mean, yeah, 93. I actually chose it because you got kicked off the first verse. And he actually just came out. Wu Tang is kind of like having a, um, a little resurgence um, the past couple of months. So you got, he just came out with a book called. Um, He's AKA known as Lamont Jody Hawkins, BKA, okay. Universal God. Um, Raw, My Journey Through the Wu-Tang. <laughs> and I actually bought the book and I'm reading it now. And it's, it's Really? Cool. Yeah, it's written how, so I, I watched the episode, um, he did an interview with The Breakfast Club and uh, this book is just how he talks. Like really vivid. You can like imagine yourself like in his shoes. He's very vivid in his writing. So it's actually pretty good. I got to like maybe the first. Oh, I got my hair braided yesterday and it took like eight hours. So I bought a book and that was it. <laughs> she took a long time. The braiders was like, bitch, don't get these braids again. <laughs> <laughs> they're beautiful, but damn, they're really small and I ain't never getting these again. But I read, I was reading a book, uh, but the book is really good. So I'm just like at his childhood, um, his early childhood, getting into like his, you know, teen years. But it's, um, but I chose this because he kicked off the first verse. Um, and also Wu-Tang came out with a, um, a four-part documentary called uh, Mike's and Men. I that see was that. on Showtime. It premiered at Sundance this year and then now it's on Showtime. It's good. It's really good. Yeah, I've okay. all four episodes. And um, the one thing that makes me kind of sad about these documentaries, like I watched the one on Tribe. It's so, it, it, it makes me reminisce and uh, makes me very nostalgic from that time, that era when it was really big. But then it's always leaves on a note where they're talking about how much they're 
they're infighting, you know, amongst each other. And I don't really like that. I wish they would just leave that part out of documentaries. Oh, no, you don't want to see that part. <laughs> you don't want to see the new addition to Bobby, Robbie, Robbie, Ronnie, Mickey, and Mike part. <laughs> no, I don't. Leave that out. But yeah, but so yeah. So um, if you guys get a chance, check out um, the documentary that's on Showtime. Definitely get his book. And again, I featured The Mystery of Chess Boxing. Okay. All right. I, I don't really remember that song. Yeah. But go, go go to YouTube. You'll remember it. You'll remember okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Plus, we'll, we'll loop it over this, this section yeah. of the show. So <laughs> I'll hear it then. But um, I just remember, you know, and I've seen Wu-Tang perform. I've seen Raekwon. Raekwon was like one of my favorites um, besides um, Method Man. Let me tell you that time I went to a party and I caught Method Man having sex in the bathroom yeah, you with this me. girl. Yes. Okay. I was writing this this uh, this little reminisce up and I was writing everyone that was on this um, this track. I'm like, it's mm-hmm. a lot of motherfuckers. In. Man, I'm you like, remember I'm going to a concert? That I'm, concert. Like, and I'm like, okay, you got Inspector Deck, Raekwon the Chef, Method Man, ODB, Ghostface, Massacre. I'm like, how long was this fucking song? <laughs> They were famous for having like 40 people on stage while they perform. 40, 50 people on stage while they perform. You're like, who was performing? (laughs) (laughs) Who got the mic? All of them. (laughs) Everybody. (laughs) Oh, Wu-Tang is a classic though. Yeah, they are. Absolutely so. All right. All right. So... Um, we're at the support black businesses section of the show, segment of the show. This is your, oh, you, are yeah, you? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, cool. <laughs> we're at the support black businesses section. <laughs> Thank you for that intro. You're welcome. <laughs> we believe in growing our economy and strengthening our communities and, um, and support products and services made for us by us. And I really appreciate Sean putting this in our notes. So I don't get the point. <laughs> Not know what the fuck is that. <laughs> Even though we have to say the same thing. Like, what's, what's FUBU, girl? <laughs> I have to see it. I, uh, my memory is terrible. Anyway, so I wanted to focus on the summertime. The sun is shining um, on some sunscreen. And this is a Black-owned sunscreen company called Unsun. It's tinted mineral sunscreen with SPF 30. Um, it's a Black-owned company um, by the woman, a woman named Katona Bro. And it's made especially for people of color um, of all complexions from fair to dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. And typically um, the main ingredient in sunscreen is mineral, mineral sunscreen is mineral. And so um, like the sunscreen for the masses, when we put it on our skin, it makes us gray and makes us ashy. So what she's done is she's specifically formulated a blend to evenly go on our skin and, do- and it doesn't give us that ashy, you know, as vitamin E, it has coconut oil, it has shea butter and some fruit extracts. So, um, and this, you know, keeps us protected in the sun because even though I think there is a myth, we do need sunscreen. Absolutely. You have a good sunburn. I mean, I, I, that sunburn hurts so bad. So I, I, I always have to. And I, I, I'm like a sun worshiper. I always want to get dark. So I'm always yeah. trying to stay away from the sunscreen, but I definitely need, I've definitely been burnt. Yeah. Um, I went to, um, the first time I went to Puerto Rico, this was like over 20 years ago. Girl, I went, that sun was, that sun seemed hotter in Puerto Rico than I've ever seen it before in my life. And as soon as I got there, I went to the beach. I was outside maybe for like an hour. I came back in. I was at least six, 
Seven Shades Darker. And my skin was fucking beautiful for like three days. <laughs> and then? <laughs> then it looked like I had a whole case of eczema all of my <laughs> It was disgusting. It was terrible. It was, I can't even look in the mirror. It was just gross. But yeah, so we do need sunscreen. So check them out. Um, you can actually find this product on their website called unsungcosmetics.com. And you can also find it on Amazon. Okay. All right. Well, you know what? I am definitely, we, you get, you just sent the link. So mm -hmm. I'm actually going to buy some of this now. Cause that's, that's the one thing you buy some of this sunscreen that's not formulated for us. Mm -hmm. And you know, you start looking ashy and like gray, like uh, elephant skin. So yeah. I'm definitely absolutely buying this um, yeah. today as a matter of fact. So, okay, good, 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 good stuff. So are we almost at the end? Oh, I wanted to say we didn't do our, um, I wanted to talk about my weekend last weekend. Last weekend, I went to Minneapolis, Minnesota in honor of Prince's birthday, which was June the 7th. Mm -hmm. And I went to Paisley Park. I went to his um, his former home slash studio. And um, unfortunately, y'all, I have no pictures because they lock your phone up. <laughs> you can't take a picture of anything. So, um, but it was a really good trip. It was, you know, kind of bittersweet. I'm such a fan of Prince. And, um, you know, this man was really a, I mean, a genius. I, I can't even, it's more so now, I believe that than ever before, just seeing how much he created the movies, you know, um, aside from Purple Rain, how many movies movies he produced. Um, he had a soundstage at um, at Paisley Park at his home where he shot some of his movies. Um, you, of course, you get to hear the music. He has um, unreleased music that, um, you know, we got to hear a little bit of it. Of course, we didn't. Um, the tour doesn't go by the elevator where, unfortunately, he passed away. It doesn't um, show you that, but you really get free range of his of his home, how it's set up. So it was it was a really good trip. Um, I really enjoyed it. I didn't get to tell you. Good time. I think I did. Yeah, good time. So, right. and I'm I'm on my way to um, ABFF this weekend. The American Black Film Festival is here in Miami. So mm -hmm. that'll be good time. And I'm on my way to the West Coast. I will be in LA from Sunday. So okay. if you see me, don't come up from behind me because I get scared. Come from <laughs> front, but say hi. <laughs> yes, and go to the. Please go to the marathon store and support and bring me back something. I actually think they're, they. I think they closed it. For, oh really? They already closed it because they got so many online um, orders that they are trying to get those out before they reopen. I'm gonna go by there, but I think it's still closed. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let me know. All right. Sounds good. All right. So y'all, we have come to the end of that's what i'm saying the podcast you can listen and subscribe on itunes google play iHeartRadio, soundcloud speaker stitcher cast pod we're on TuneIn, spotify and you can catch us live on youtube as well follow us on instagram please hit us up on twizpod t-w-i-s-p-o-d um, you can also find us on facebook and of course our website is that's what i'm saying podcast.com and of course nye who do we always shout out we always give a super shout out to our mega producer, Vegas World Inc. You can check him on Instagram and Twitter. He has a podcast called Hip Hop Now. Thank you so much for listening, subscribing, and liking us on social media. Until next week, take care. Peace.